the South of the Six podcast, bringing you the latest on your favorite Toronto sports teams from south of the Canadian border. Here's your host, Adam Corsair. All right, so look, it's not the Christmas Day outcome that we all had in mind, but in true Raptors fashion, we're just happy to be there. Welcome to the South of the Six podcast. We are part of the stadium scene.tv network. Part of the Overtime Media crew, and we are coming to you live from the Vivid Seats studio. It wasn't what we wanted, especially against a team like the Celtics. But you know what? The Raptors got a Christmas Day game at home. So, like, I'm not I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining at all. But I just wish the outcome was different. But it doesn't matter. We're going to break things down today. All things Toronto Raptors. And joining me to do so. He is the co-host. Yes. <laughs> He is the producer of That's a Rap Podcast, the official podcast of Raptors HQ. Stone Cold Jason Lung has returned to the South of Six Podcast. What's up, man? I'm good, man. I was I was kind of intrigued if you were gonna play this music for me, but now I know that you do. Oh, it's such a banger, man. I wish I had two bears to crush them on the top rope and just start spraying. Just on people. Yeah. 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 Well, I got one, so I'm good. Hey. Hey. There you go. There you go. How's it going, my friend? It's always good to talk to you. Hell yeah, man. Welcome back. It's been a while, right? It's been a while since yeah, we've done well. this. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to you and your family, all your fans. Goddamn. South of the Six, I'm glad to be here. Hell yeah, man. Happy Boxing Day. Yeah. Happy Bo- You're not going out, are you? No. We because... just, us Americans, man, we don't, do, we don't do Boxing Day. We don't know what that Boxing Day thing is, man. <laughs> I mean, you don't need a 50-inch screen TV for $20, right? You don't need that. So what is this? Is this like Black Friday Part 2? I, 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 don't, much. Mean, I don't mean disrespect here. I really don't know what it's about. It's, it, everything's on sale. It's, as much as you, it's like you can't go back to the mall and expect to return anything. I don't think anyone's allowed to return anything on Boxing Day because it's just so crazy. Mm-hmm. But I think a, po- a whole bunch of things are like 60 bucks on sale or 60% on sale. I don't know. Something crazy like that. I don't work retail. My wife's at work right now probably like slaving away against those uh, all the shoppers right now. I feel really bad for her. <laughs> yeah, man. Like that's got to be basically rough. basically just a crazy sale. Yeah, dude. Like first of all, like, your wife must be a, a fucking superhero, right? Because, like, not only does she have to deal with the the barrage of people leading up to Christmas, like, on Black Friday and shit, all the way, all the weeks leading up to Christmas, but it's just, like, there's no relief even after Christmas, right? Like, it just keeps oh, going. I don't understand, man. I mean, I work... Uh... I like I I work with customer service too, but all I have to do is just talk to people on the phone, so I don't have to look look at them at the face. Right. They actually she has to talk to them face to face and like still be berated with questions like, "Can I speak to your manager?" But like she is the manager, and mm. people don't understand that. Like it's it's crazy, bro. She is a superhero to me for sure. That's good though. That's good. But like, <laughs> yeah, like we we looked out, man. Like first of all, Merry Christmas to your family and everybody that's listening. Thanks. Yeah, I hope everyone had a great Christmas that celebrates Christmas yesterday. I hope it was great. Um, and I should know. I say yesterday. We're recording this Thursday afternoon. Um, yeah, it's it, we got lucky. We didn't have anything that we needed to take back. We everything was satisfying for us and the uh, the little one. She didn't get any duplicates, so we're good. Like we're good on that behalf. We don't have to yeah. step foot outside this house. And I'm I'm off until January second, so I'm just gonna be sitting pretty here doing nothing. I love it. That's why you're cracking them with that beer. That's right. A Thursday afternoon beer. I don't know. Remember the last time I did this, man? So <laughs> it's dad life right now. Right? Yeah, man. Mm. 
All right. Well, uh, look, we're going to break things down. What happened on the Christmas Day game? It wasn't what, you know, as I mentioned, when we expected. Right now, the Raptors uh. are yeah sitting at in fifth. I don't know if I've ever said that this year. Fifth place, 21 and 10, the same record as the Pacers, but the Pacers have the victory over us, so they are ahead. Um, so we're going to do a lot of uh, breakdown regarding the Raptors, but before we do, let's get some house cleaning out of the way just so we can get into the, the conversation. First of all, if you're listening to this, this uh, for the first time, welcome. We hope you enjoy this show. I'm sure it's going to be a good one. Judging by the Stone Cold Steve Austin theme music in the beginning, you know what you're in, in store for, so... Uh, you know, enjoy that. Um, and if you haven't already subscribed to the show, we we try to branch out and connect with as many Toronto Raptors fans as possible. So if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever, whatever podcatcher you're listening to this on, please, please subscribe. Tell your friends about it. Tell your fellow Raptors fans about it. We'd greatly appreciate it. Blow up the Reddit boards. Blow up the Raptors subreddit about uh, South of the Six. And that's a wrap podcast. Do it all. Do it all right on there. Um, and as I mentioned at the jump of the show, we are coming to you from the Vivid Seat Studio. So check it out. The Raptors have a couple of home games Sunday and Tuesday coming up before they hit the road again. And we want to help you get in on the action. And it's simple. All you have to do is download the Vivid Seats app. We partnered with Vivid Seats to give you the best opportunity to see your reigning, defending, undisputed champions live. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for the events that you want to go to, whether it's a Raptors game, a concert, a theater show, comedy show, Whatever you want to go to, they've got you covered, and they've made it super simple. All you got to do, as I mentioned, download the Vivid Seats app on your favorite device, whether it's an iPhone, an Android, whatever you're using, and search for your event. You can sort the event by the price, or you can look up your seats by row, by section, all your choice within the Vivid Seats app. They make it super easy. And to make things even better, they have a loyalty program that allows fans to earn credit back called the Vivid Seats Reward. Basically, you buy tickets, you get rewards back to buy future tickets, so it's like they're giving you free money in return just for buying tickets. Pretty crazy. And you don't have to sign up. You don't have to go through any hoops or surveys or questionnaires. You're automatically enrolled. No red tape. And that's not all. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. And here at the South of the Six Podcast, man, we're hooking you up. Check it out. First-time customers that use promo code OVERTIME, O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E, all one word. You can get up to 100 bucks off your first ticket purchase again use promo code overtime o-v-e-r-t-i-m-e all one word to get up to a hundred dollars off your first ticket purchase in the vivid seats app we're gonna break down the christmas day game first we're gonna try to get the uh, negatives out of the way before we get into the positives stay tuned we will be right back this is the overtime podcast network All right, Jay. Well, as I mentioned, I want to get the negatives out of the way before we get into the positive. And for me, right. the pos- yeah, the positive was the Mavs game, right? But let's just get Christmas Day out of the way. Let's just get this and we'll end on a high note. Oof. How are you feeling about it? Uh, okay, so I'll, I'll let you know that I didn't get a chance to or too much of a chance to watch the Christmas Day game because, like I said before, I I. How I was basically hosting Christmas yeah, <laughs> for yeah. the first time with my family, but I did get to see glimpses here and there. And basically, the first quarter, the Raptors never really are. They got it together in the first quarter in the beginning, uh, but they kind of seemed like they were uh, out of gas like mm. really quickly. Mm. But give credit to Boston. Like I've never seen Jalen Brown handle and shoot the ball without hesitation. Like he got 36 points. Hayward playing very well, 14 points. Kemba always kicks her ass, 24 points or 22 yeah. points. And 
Boston's kind of hard to dislike, to be honest. Like they're not like the Philly crew that I just like. Oh, you you don't like to watch them. But Boston, they they are full of a hard worker, good character guys. And I again, I couldn't watch much of the match, but it, but there was one point in the match where I did see a glimpse of Chris Boucher trying to guard Cantor. And now, okay, I love Chris Boucher. <laughs> but Cantor is on a completely different weight class. Mm-hmm. He's huge compared to Chris Boucher. And Boston got 13 offensive rebounds, 26 assists, 42% from three. You know, the boys are the boys were ready to steal Christmas from the Raptors, man. Yeah, there was some sound clips of Jalen Brown talking to Fred Van Vliet saying, you know, we've never won here. I think it was in the past five years. So in his career with the Celtics, he hasn't won a game in Toronto. And he's telling this to Fred Van Vliet. They were mic'd up on the ESPN broadcast. And Freddie was like, that's cool, man. Wait until we're at full strength. Wait until we're at full strength. We'll see you again. And it's true. Like You got to give it. You got to acknowledge that the Raptors were without Powell, out Gasol, without Siakam. And I'm not trying to make excuses here because, as I mentioned, you know, I've alluded to rather, they came back by 30 against the Mavs, and we're going to break that down later. But still, like, mm-hmm. for me, it's just kind of like, look, I know you and I, like, on your show, you predicted a Raptors win because, like, it's Christmas Day and the Raptors are playing Christmas yeah. Day. Like, and same here, but I maybe like you. I can only speak from my perspective. There was like this little slight mental hesitation, be like, yeah, but we don't have these players, so like I'm not sure <laughs> if we're really gonna win. Like I kind of anticipated a loss, so my Christmas day uh wasn't completely thrown to shit because of this game at all. I'm not gonna give all like I'll give credit to Boston for sure. But the thing is, you know, I don't want to be the bad and bad news, but like last time we played Boston, we were healthy. Right. We still didn't beat them. You know, like Boston is of that tier of maybe not Milwaukee type, but they are on the topper end tier when it comes to Eastern Conference. So you got the, you know, you got the Bostons, you got the Miami Heat, and then somewhere in there, you obviously have the Raptors. But I mean, Boston's a good friggin' team. You know, like you can't take out the fact that they have a, a really good player in Kemba. Uh, and I know that we've kind of shot him in a little bit uh, in the beginning of the year because what are you replacing Irving with? You're replacing Irving with another offensive player who has defensive liabilities. Right. But he's been playing really well for them, you know? And then Gordon has been is coming back. Uh, I know he's been injury plagued a little bit, but he's starting to get his group back a little bit. Uh, Jalen Brown, uh, again, I haven't seen him uh, handle the ball and shoot the ball so well without hesitation before he's he didn't know really know what to do with the basketball. And of course, you got Jason Tatum. Like, this, this group of uh, Boston Celtics, it's a it's a good, good group of players. If we meet them, you know, knocking if we meet them in the, in the semifinals, conference finals, it's going to be a dogfight, man. Yeah, yeah. And again, you know, given the fact that we weren't at full health, and you're right, when we played them game two this year, like it was a little off, right, for us. We were mm-hmm. at full health, but we were on the road. Like I, I'm trying to find these saving graces for the Raptors at this point, but like yesterday, the excuses, I just can't muster them up. Like they were lazy with the ball movement uh the turnovers were out of control they had good looks just the shots weren't falling in and you know the the loudest thing right now on raptors twitter i'm sure you're aware of it you know popping on there just for two minutes if you scroll not even a quarter of the way down your feed you're gonna see it patrick mccaw is public enemy number one right now and he was just awful yesterday like god awful to the point where i'm just thinking to myself what are you doing nick nurse like mm-hmm. and there, you have better options on the floor, <clears throat> Terrence Davis. <clears throat> you have better options. What are you doing? Why are you employing McCaw right now for these minutes? For the life of me, I couldn't understand it. Like he just yeah. was that bad yesterday. 
he was he was pretty bad. But I mean, again, I don't think you're looking for McCall for offense. You're looking for him for on defense, and I, he's not going to be like a standout when it comes to defense either. I think Nick Nurse is just knowing, looking for people who know how to how to play, know where to be on the floor on defense. But I want to point out a couple of things on on offense. I know that uh, out of the first moments that I got to watch the game, there are so many moments where you have like Kyle, Fred, and Serge, and then you have the other role players like uh, McCall or OG or RHJ or something like that. Now, I know those role players aren't going to be the offensive key, uh, but all I could see was either OG or uh, Patch McCall on the corners, and then it was just like a three-man game with mm-hmm. Fred Van Vliet, Serge, and Kyle. And it was just like rotating, pick, and pass, and rotate, and pick, and just for those three players. And it, it, it's like, where is that going? It, was, it wasn't going anywhere. By the end of it, it was like Fred Van Vliet hoisting up a three-point shot with three seconds left on the shot clock. Like, that happened so many times that I feel like we, we are definitely missing that... Um, uh, go to when it comes to Siakam, of course, and then Marcus Saul knows how to dictate where to where other people's players are supposed to go, and then and then of course you got Powell, who's very explosive, who can get their own shot. So the Raptors are definitely missing something, and 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 I know that we're going to get into the Dallas game, but like even if we are into the game, it feels like we have to catch up every time, right? And I, I just feel like we're one, I guess what Fred Fentley said, wait until we're healthy. We haven't been fully healthy for a very long time. And I feel like once we do, again, it's going to take some time, just like when Serge and Kyle came back, it's going to take some time for us to find that groove again. But we're definitely, definitely missing uh, the, the key pieces with Siakam and Mark and Norm. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's going to hopefully like sort of shift uh, the way these minutes are being distributed. I I'd, I'd imagine it will, especially the the role that Norman Powell was going on, and hopefully that doesn't mm-hmm. he's not hindered by it. But the shoulder injury like that could spell trouble. But you know, going back to McCaw, I'm looking at the, the the roster right now. I'm looking at the stats from yesterday. Dude was a minus twenty two. Like that's that's just Oof. bad. Yeah, he's a minus twenty two at thirty almost thirty two and a half minutes. Right, he was the third highest minute logger yesterday on the entire team. And for me, when you're a minus 22 and you're going 0 for, oh, sorry, 1 for 5 in the field and you don't hit your first bucket until the fourth quarter, like, I, I just can't defend it. I can't understand why someone like RHJ, who played only 18 minutes, what are you doing? Like, it, it, mm-hmm. I, I would much rather rely on RHJ on the defensive end, if that's what we're talking about. If we're talking about a defensive upside that McCaw has, because certainly not the offense. So if it's a defensive yeah. upside, I don't think Rondé Hollis-Jefferson is that much worse. I don't even think he's worse at all defensively than Patrick McCaw. In fact, I think he's mm-hmm. better. R- RHJ is going to be that 4-5 role when it comes to the defensive end. And I think we want him to be that hustle man chap and try to get all the all the defensive or offensive rebounds. Patrick McCaw is not going to be that. Right. He's going to be that uh, on on the perimeter and trying to defend the, uh, the one and two. And, you know, granted, he's he's OK with that. Now, I know I'm, I'm you know, trying to catch straws and trying to find any positive when it comes to McCall. But he he's not again, he's not going to give you the offensive uh, he's going to be an offensive liability. Like there was one point where I think we got a rebound and then we went for like a th- three on four or some sort of transition uh, 
uh, play. And then McCall tried to do a crazy layup that led to a Boston a rebound and a Boston transition score. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was really ugly to watch uh, McCall to play on the offensive end. But uh, again, we're we're so shorthanded. Uh, do you really want to give Terrence Davis? And he's been playing well. Uh, don't get me wrong; he's been playing well. Do you, but do you really want to get give Terrence Davis all those minutes uh, while McCaw is still kind of that veteran on the floor too? And it could be I'm not I'm I'm, I'm searching for straws here, right. but it could be that. Um, chemistry that him and Lowry and Fred Van Vliet have or something like that. And Terrence Rogers is still trying to, you know, understand where, where, what his role is, trying to understand where he is on the play, where McCall knows where he is. And, it, you know, maybe we just have to watch game after game to see uh, the positives that McCall does have. But right now, the negatives is outshining the positives, that's for sure. Yeah, like for me, yeah, I'm I'm at the point where I'm willing to put out Davis in the starting lineup. I, I really am. Yeah. And I remember when these injuries were announced, I tweeted out, I was like, I guess this would be my starting lineup. And it's pretty much what you have. And you sub McCaw in out rather than you put Davis in. And I, I obviously I was wrong. It ended up being uh, D- uh, McCaw. But like even Malcolm Miller, like let him run because like mm-hmm. what we know mm-hmm. is, yeah, like you, you have some championship pedigree there. Sure. But like you, there's no way that anybody thinks Patrick McCaw was the reason why he won two championships with Golden State and he won one with Toronto. No way. Like no, <laughs> like he, he was just kind of part of the team as, as mm-hmm. you know, a security piece or what have you. He's not like a, a extreme contributor here. Now, what about what about me being an optimist here? Okay, let's say Nick Nurse is just trying to. Okay, so these these players they kind of play off of momentum, and sometimes they just need that positive positivity from his players and his teammates. Okay, in the beginning of the year, you know that Pat he wasn't playing very much. So in order to get like have key players ready for, let's say, the playoff run, wouldn't it be kind of good to have someone like Patrick McCall on the, uh, you know, on the on the bench, but ready to go if if need be kind of just have an extra weapon. So that's why instead of putting keeping him on the bench now and watching a rookie, quote unquote, a rookie in Terrence Davis taking in your minutes. You have Patrick McCall playing these minutes and Nick Nurse giving him that long leash for later on in the year. He he has that weapon. If you need more defensive end, you put in McCall. If you need more offensive push, you put in Davis. But either way, both players are going to be ready to play. That yeah, for four that, quarters. That could be it. For four quarters. For I mean, again, I mean, it's not like these guys are are healthy right now. No. So you're just no. throwing in weapons. You're 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 kind of like loading up as many weapons as possible. So. All right, I I know I'm totally grasping for straws right now, and I'm trying to give a lifeline to McCall, but I'm I'm, I just feel like McCall has been getting a little bit too much, too much crap right now. I'm just trying to see where where as an optimist, trying to see where this guy can land in the future of the Raptors. It seems to me that this is like I'm not throwing this on Nurse. I'm not. I, I it's hard for me just to like explicitly just blame Nurse for this uh, issue here because uh, McCaw's the one that's not producing on the floor. But yeah. this is similar to last year, and I'm sure you remember. Like last year, my biggest gripe that I had with uh, Nick Nurse was that he was super late to call timeouts, and I'm talking super late. This thus far, he's cleaned it up. Like he's his timeouts have been very timely, for lack of a better way to put it. 
this, but now it's just kind of like my biggest gripe is, bro, like you are giving this dude way more leash than he should to the point where I think like you guys mentioned on your show, like he's got something on you, man. He's got pictures or something <laughs> on you. Like that you're like, you can't afford to bench him because if you do, something's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like that he Patch McCall had him for like Secret Santa or something, yeah. <laughs> and then and then they got him something so good that now like his leash is is crazy long. But I, I don't know, man. Like, yeah, it, it's hard to pinpoint exactly what's going on with with why Nick Nurse is is playing Patch McCall so many damn minutes. But it has to be because the bodies aren't there, you know, and and trying to keep uh, you know Terrence Davis fresh and trying to give McCall as you know as as much run as possible so he can play more in at the end of the year it could be it could be many things i i don't know i'm 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 not going to tell you why like nick nurse is loves McCall so much it could be the three rings uh but yeah man it's 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 hard to say i i'm not i'm not trying to be the optimistic here i just i just hope McCall turns it around man all right, well, moving away from a call, we can, uh, you know, break down the Christmas Day game more. We're looking at, you know, the, I'm looking at rather the stat line right here, and I'm seeing Kyle Lowry played upwards to 38 minutes or thereabouts. Fred Van Vliet logging in 36, 36 and a half uh, approximately. Right, does this concern you? So, like, the Raptors come the third quarter, early fourth quarter. I'm just like, it's not their night. They're going to lose this game. Like, I'm watching it, mm -hmm. you know, out of, you know, loyalty to the team. And obviously, it's, it's a marquee event, but... You know, I'm I'm thinking like there's no reason right now to play Kyle Lowry. Does this concern you seeing as though like, you know, he's just another year older, we're trying to prep for the playoffs and you know, this this big thing about yeah. load management being popular around the NBA. Do you think like maybe now is the time that we sort of trim Lowry's minutes? Obviously it's it's not ideal with a limited roster with injuries and whatnot, but in a blowout game like this, there's no reason to put him in there. Listen, man, con concern or not, Lowry's gonna play if he's healthy. That's right. Even yeah. if he's not. Right. Like it, it, no matter if it's nurse, like we can't we can't say, hey, nurse, what are you doing playing uh, Kyle 30 plus minutes when in a blowout game? It's not him. I, I guarantee you it's not him. It's Kyle. But uh, I mean, we, I know where we're going to talk about the Dallas game, but we were down by 30. Mm. And a lot of people are like, you know what? Why don't we just we, we got it. We have a big game coming up next. Like, why don't we just let Lowry uh, be on the bench. I, I guarantee you it's not Nick Nurse. And when we have Lowry on there, we're going to have a chance. I, you know, you know what I mean? Like he's not going to come out if he's healthy. He's not going to come out if there's time on the floor or time in the game. He's not going to come out. So as much as it is going to be um, effective, maybe down the line, because he is like on the other end of 30, it doesn't matter. Right. Lowry's going to be Lowry. And this is why we kind of love him, too. Because no matter what, no matter the situation, no matter what type of game it is, if we're going to play Cleveland, if we're up by 30, down by 30, Lowry's going to play no matter what. Yeah, I think it's just a case in my perspective of hindsight being 2020, right? Because you look at the past two games and, you know, the or three games rather, you have Dallas and they came back from a game like and in Indiana, it was an overtime game. So like both of those games were rather close and then Christmas Day at home, like, uh, granted, it's still, like, an afternoon game, right? And that's not ideal right. when it comes to players, especially during the week. Um, so it's, and, and, it, and it was also a Christmas Day game, too. Yeah. Like, Lowry has been the longest tenor Raptor. He's never been on a Christmas Day game. Let him have it. Let mm. him play as much as he can. And I know that those are kind of the situations where Nick Nurse is saying, you know what, these players don't get much 
uh, play, especially in the in U.S. media. So why why take him out? If we have a chance to win this game down the line, if we if we can you know bring the lead down to 15 or 10 with like five minutes to go, there's a chance if you have Lowry out there. So that's why I think Lowry's not going to come out even even if he's like has or like let one less toe. He's going to play, man. To wrap a bow on the Christmas Day game, I kind of wanted to get into the sentimentals about it. Now that the Raptors had a Christmas Day game and like we're assuming that they're going to be uh, a playoff team again, probably not a finals contender, but you never know. Stranger things have happened. But, you know, the optics of it don't really look that favorable right now. Do you think that we're going to have another long absence? Because the first Christmas Day game that they played, I want to say it was like 2000 or 2001. It was on the road. Um, and this being their yeah, second. Yeah, in New York. Yeah, New York. Do you think this is going to be that long of an absence before we see them again on Christmas? I don't think so. No? I don't think so. The their, um, the popularity when it comes to the Raptors uh, is has always been there, especially also in in America. Uh, but I think it's it's more noticeable now. I see. Um, but I don't think it's going to be now because this is a good team. But so I don't know about you, but the the amount when I want something, uh, a lot of the times I'm not going to get it if I want it so much. It's more to a point where I, when I stop thinking about it, then it comes to me. Mm. So for the Raptors fans, what when, talking to uh, talking to people on Twitter and everything, uh, I feel like Raptors are, Raptors fans are very very content when it comes to Kawhi leaving now, and because we have a ring, it's very like, oh, you know what, we had a ring, it was a really fun time, that's great. Now it's like, okay, Christmas Day game. We've wanted it for so damn long that now we finally have it. Now we're not really going to care very much. I can't, I bet you anything there's going to be a slate maybe next. I don't know about next year. It depends on how we're, how far we're going to go into the season. But maybe two years, three years from now, they're going to be like, oh, you know what? Let's give it to Toronto because they this is a, this is a pretty special team now. But Raptors fans aren't really going to care anymore. I, I bet you anything it's going to come in like the, in the next five years. I bet you. I think that's that. There's something to that. I will say though that if there is another Christmas Day game for the Raptors, my bet it, my bet would be on them being in on the road somewhere. Um, yeah, yeah, it, for sure. Yeah, and like that's it's fine. not going to be like the eight o'clock game. It's not going to be the L.A. versus L.A. But it's probably going to be a twelve or or ten thirty. Mm. You know, it's not going to be a marquee matchup. I want to say it's going to be one of the 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 first game or the last game of the night. That's fine with me too. Yeah, I'll still watch it. I'll probably be on vacation again and, and I'm like it's kind of like <laughs> yeah, these yeah, things yeah. that like yeah Raptors fans they're definitely I mean you have your finger on the pulse when it comes to the to the temperature in the city when it, and how Raptors fans are gauging this more than I do and you know my mm. my direct avenue towards that is on Twitter so it's not like a, a reliable source because you have a lot of like it's like a vocal minority being pissed off about everything, right? And like, if they're not, yeah. if the Raptors aren't on Christmas Day next year, I'm sure I'm going to see tweets about that. So disrespectful. They were tramps once upon a time. They should be there, blah, blah, blah. But like, I think now that we have it, yeah, like now that we have it, it's kind of like we're good for a little bit. And I'd be pleasantly surprised next year if they are on, on Christmas. I won't deny it. I won't be pissed off. I'll be like, no, this is great. Yeah. But I'm not expecting it by any means. 
talking to people and walking around the city a lot, you, you notice that you you see like the t-shirts and the memorabilia and, and the even the rings, like the replica rings. I know that you have one at them. Mm-hmm. Like people are wearing that and people are very, very proud. And I'm not going to take that away from them. It's it, I, I am too. I'm definitely really proud that the Raptors are a championship caliber team. They've been there for the last five years and now they have a Christmas Day game. But like it, we don't, there shouldn't be that whole like oh America doesn't care for us anymore at all like it doesn't it doesn't matter like where the, what matters is that banner what matters is that we could got a chance to get that replica ring and what matters is that like people like you know Lowry is it might even make it a hall of fame because he has a ring and it's and it's just like these little things these minute things like not being on Christmas day or not being on the ESPN power rankings or something like that these are minute things now Raptors fans like there's no point of being pissed off because we think that we're not we're not represented well enough in the NBA lore who cares you know what matters we are the only team in Canada out of 30 teams of 29 of them are in America and they're actually thinking about having teams in in Europe and China and Mexico now. Yep. But we have a team in Canada. That in itself is already extremely respectable. You know, it doesn't matter what these hotheads say or these uh, um, you know, media outlets say about Toronto no one wants to play for Toronto. Who cares? We have a team. Isn't that enough? representation you know we have a team that's already a championship team that's enough representation to me man i think so i i think there's something to be said about that and i do think that this is somewhat the, the mentality of the majority of uh raptors fans right and like i said it's a vocal minority yeah. that just likes to bitch about everything and be pissed off i mean there's a certain uh corner of twitter and that's that's pretty much what twitter is all about but you know i my interactions with the vast majority of raptors fans on there has been nothing but positive and nothing but uplifting and i think that yeah. you know when you when you step back and sort of analyze pretty much everything you just laid out saying like hey we got our christmas day game hey we got a championship hey we had we used to have the best player in the world once upon a time like you can still buy his jersey and like you know live through those memories oh hey there's a hey it's boxing day right now you can get it for half off there you go Go yeah like you know (laughs) like i'm sure it's even more than half off because he's not on the team anymore that's like clearance half off right so not only that (laughs) like there's a dvd or a blu-ray that you can like sort of relieve relive through these moments and whatnot yeah there's these you know these things that you can sort of grasp onto and i'm not saying you know in 10 20 years from now the raptors you know sort of lose this success you're like hey remember that time they won the championship now you're being like you know kind of boston celtics about it or new york yankees about it like pump yeah. your brakes but at the same time like right now things are pretty good and you're right i don't really care where they are on, on anybody's power rankings or anybody's like you know slander rankings i don't care like it doesn't matter to me because i know what this team is capable of. and like you know calling back to what fred said like you're right like let's just wait until everyone's fully healthy because once everyone's fully healthy they're going to surprise people even more than they have like 21 and 10 that's still a good record this is really nothing wrong oh, yeah. with that how many times or okay Serge Ibaka and uh, Kyle Lowry the last two t- games that we lost both of them you know what they did when the crowd was uh irking them on they pointed at their ring finger that's right yeah and that's that's all we have to do. We just got to look uh, at our ring fingers, point at whoever says, "Yeah, hey, you guys, you you guys are nothing. You guys are nothing with Kawhi. Who cares? Look at that ring finger. It's, <laughs> it's much bigger than yours, man. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I can't top that. So having said that, uh, we're going to take uh, another break. We will be right back to give you a brighter note. We're going to talk about the Mavs game. Hang tight. We'll be right back. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. <laughs> 
All right, so speaking of Lowry, Lowry, Lowry. I don't know. Is that the first time in the Mavs game that the crowd chanted Lowry like that? No, it can't be. It can't be. I, I, I respect our, our crowd much more than that's the only time or the first time. Lowry is one of the best uh, Raptors of all time. There has to be a time where he like dove into the crowd or something like that, mm. trying to get an out-of-bounds play, and then people were chanting Lowry. Probably, yeah. I, this obviously, you know, recency bias. Uh, this is the the time that I can remember the most because it might have been the most impactful this past uh, game against Dallas. Mm-hmm. So, like you yesterday with the Christmas Day game, I was not able at all to watch this game. Right. So I had my goddaughter had her first dance recital, and I was like, you know, I have to. Go oh, to nice. This. Yeah, I have to go to this. And like, obviously, like on paper, you're like, oh, you went to a dance recital over a Raptors game. Well, yeah, because it's like it's my goddaughter. But still, like. I'm looking at my phone and I look at the score in halftime like, ooh, ooh this is not good. <laughs> the, Raptors are, <laughs> the Raptors are not going to win this game. I probably picked the right game to not watch. So as this, this dance recital is wrapped up, I go back to the car, look at my phone. I'm like, what the fuck happened? Like, what did I miss right now? And I see everybody, you're, you included, like just, oh my God, greatest comeback ever. Lowry's the GOAT. Lowry's this. I'm just like, I can't, I, I can't wait to watch this game. And like yeah. I, I don't want to minimize anything here because this this win was amazing. But the Mavs were without Luca, but the Raptors were without Siakam. So for me, it kind of mm-hmm. evens out, or it's even more of a blow to Dallas because we still didn't have Powell or Gasol, right? And we still won this game by chasing a thirty point deficit. So eighty five fifty five with fourteen minutes twenty eight seconds left in the entire game. So a little bit of the third bleeding into the fourth. A strong defensive performance in the fourth with like full of full court presses. It was masterful, and Lowry was just magnificent. So they ended up winning this game 110 to 107. Let's start by saying this Is this the greatest regular season Raptors game you have ever seen? Uh, probably. It's probably yeah. up there. Yeah. And I also have to think about okay, don't you, we can't discredit what Dallas has been doing without Doncic because they also just beat. Uh, they they smacked the Staley out of Philly, and they also beat the Bucks too without yeah. Doncic. So they were coming in really like with a lot of momentum, and like this was not this Dallas team is 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 no joke. Like with Doncic, they are they are no joke. But as like one of the best regular seasons, think about it. It's our number one or the most deficit or we've come back from from a 30 point deficit which is the most in franchise history this has to be one of the best regular season games i've ever watched maybe not top five but it's it's up there uh in in raptor lore for sure so i know that you asked me about you know if this kind of solidifies raptor or lowry in the raptor lore Mm -hmm. see the thing is lowry has always been there uh so love him or hate him you can't really doubt his toughness and leadership that he brings to the team. And he's a longest tenure Raptor. He has his name on basically most of the Raptors records. And he led a country to their first NBA title. I would reckon to say, and I know that I mentioned this before. I don't, I want to know about your thoughts too. Do you think he's Hall of Fame worthy? Yes. Yes, abso- so? absolutely. He's a nice. five-time All-Star. He's going to be a six-time yeah. All-Star. Yeah, five-time All-Star. He's again. He's led. He basically led a country to to an NBA title. I think he should be an NBA Hall of Famer for sure. But you know what? Mostly impressed me of that game was the bench. RHA, Chris Boucher, Terrence Davis, Malcolm Miller. Once Nick Nurse put that full court press uh, in play, 
Dallas was a complete scam- scramble mode for the rest of the game, which led Lowry to bringing us back. Basically, when Lowry had a chance and he smelt blood, when he smelt blood in the water, it was it was over by then. So I had Tobin from Spread the Floor, um, out who was out in Dallas. He pointed out that Mavs, uh, basically he were they were having a lot of trouble when it when it comes to the D, and their main man, uh, or one of their main guys who are who do a really good job dribbling into the paint was J.J. Barrera, mm. but he didn't play at all. So, uh, And also, when Patrick McCall was guarding uh, Porzingis, who was a 7-2, 7-2 uh, monster, you have to destroy him in the paint just by height alone. And it was a smart move for Nurse not to have Ibaka on KP because Ibaka is just not fast enough laterally right. to cover him. But when you have McCall, who physically can't guard you, you have to play Porzingis in the perimeter so he can get those mid-range shots, and they weren't do that at all. So I, I, all in all, I think this game was kind of weird in the beginning, and it was like, I, I, I don't know if you watched the beginning of it, but what, like the the Dallas Mavericks couldn't score for the first like five minutes and 45 seconds. And, but we were only up by 10, you know, like the, that whole game uh, until the last minute of the, of the fourth quarter, it was just a strange game, but it was a solid comeback. Don't get me wrong. So yeah, I want to say that it was, it, it was definitely one of the best regular scenes because of the deficit, but the game all in all was just a little strange. For sure. And like in the, I watched the entire game on replay and you know, the fourth quarter, I mean, sorry, the first quarter was kind of sloppy on both ends. Like, it it didn't really uh, ignite anything that I thought, like, would be world-beating about the entire game. I just thought it was kind of be just another regular season, middle-of-the-pack kind of game. Um, the Raptors played pretty well in the first quarter, definitely better than the the, the two after, the second and third quarter. But, um, yeah. you know, like, the fourth quarter, for me, that's just, like, one of these games that you have to watch the entire thing. Like if you if you haven't seen this game and you just want to watch the fourth quarter, you're not going to get the full impact of what kind of a game this was. You have to, yeah, wa- you have for to, sure. Yeah, you have to experience the entire roller coaster. And for me, like I, I regret nothing watching the entire game back. And you know, watching Lowry put on this performance, like it was one of those "don't poke the bear" kind of games. It was one of mm-hmm. those games where I was just like, "Damn, Lowry!" Like, yes, you are a Hall of Famer. I knew this already, but this is like you're you're putting it on video. For people to watch and to reference and to talk about so much so that I do think yes. that, you know media outlets here in America were referencing this game and were referencing that yeah. uh, performance. Not nearly as the strong, of, but you know they're still the talking amount of time about that it. we the yeah. amount of time that we have to like reference the game six of the uh, guess the the game versus Golden State Warriors for the championship game. Mm. We always have to reference that, but now we finally have a library, right? We're starting to gain, uh, I, I believe, like. The, the playoff game versus Miami in like two, 2016 or something like that. Uh, obviously, the two, the last year of against Golden State. And then this one, like there's so much more that we can show people who are naysayers when it comes to Lowry. Like, listen, you just have to you have to know that Lowry isn't going to like start off on fire. You kind of have to poke the bear sometimes. <laughs> right. You know, you kind of have to doubt him and you have to think that we Lowry isn't good and he's just going to show you over and over and over again and he's just going to show you that ring and why he deserves it and why he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame too. If people think Chris Paul is a Hall of Famer, there's no way you cannot think Lowry is. Like that that's to me yeah. the, the the barometer, not even the barometer, but like because it's because of the name clout. It's because like you see Chris Paul and all these commercials he was on like, you know, Lob City in LA with the Clippers and stuff and you know, he had a not even a good run or but a decent run I guess with Houston. 
Um, it's just people love to to hang on Chris Paul and be like, oh, he's he's you know top whatever in this past decade or whatnot. But Lowry's definitely up there. In fact, Lowry's better. Like Lowry's career, I think, has been better simply because he has the ring and he has a championship to you know back it up. And for me, like a performance like this definitely solidifies that he is the greatest Raptor of all time. And it's not even close. Like, I know, like, a lot of people like to talk about DeMar Rosen being the greatest Raptor of all time or or Kawhi Leonard. And I remember saying this to my wife recently because she's a huge Lowry fan, too. And I said to her, I said, you know, Lowry, to me, is the best Raptor of all time. She's like, whoa, whoa, that's a that's a statement. Like, don't you think it's Kawhi? I'm like, no, no, no. Kawhi is the best Raptor player of all time. Yep. But Lowry is the greatest Raptor of all time like the difference is there but it's subtle like i do think that lowry will go down as the greatest raptor of all time because he represents everything this team is in an embodiment of a player to me absolutely and i think lowry uh to fans like you say the name clout to fans he's probably not going to be there with the steph curry's chris paul's lillard's the point guards but because point guards are one of the hardest position in nba right but when it comes to players and players and their respect for each other, I feel like everybody in the NBA who knows Lowry, who's played with Lowry, respects the hell out of Lowry. I know that a few years ago there was um, a conversation with Steph Curry and he was like, there's a lot of players right now that ha don't have a ring or who haven't even had a chance to go to the finals. Chris Paul is obviously one of them. And Steph Curry said Kyle Lowry. Mm. And with that interview, people are going crazy. What do you mean Kyle Lowry is one of the best? What do you mean? Yeah, of course he's not going to be in the finals, whatever. And then when he said Kyle Lowry, it's that that put a little bit more respect on his name for fans and stuff because when you have one of the best shooters, best players in NBA history saying that Lowry is one of the best players who've never been to the finals, that that is that's big time. That's real big time. Obviously, LeBron James knows. I'm, I'm sure he said multiple times that Lowry is one of the top dogs. And like again, he he's going to be a Hall of Famer. So to fans, Lowry isn't going to be that top notch. To Raptor fans and or basically Raptor like diehards, they know they know that Lowry is a Hall of Famer. But I have a few friends I know, and I have a few um, relatives I know that just don't like Lowry and they're stuck to it that's saying you know what Lowry isn't isn't a hall of famer isn't isn't a good player and you're not going to change your mind which is fine because to each their own but to us man Lowry is like you said one of the best raptor in franchise history in our in our history alone there's there's not even second to none there's like there's Vince Carter of course there's DeMar DeRozan of course there's Ka Kawhi Leonard but in that top tier Kyle Lowry is the best raptor of all time yeah yeah, I agree. And, you know, I think it's the reason that, you know, you look at other players around the league that do have that sort of respect outside of Canada or, in your case, your relatives or whatnot, that don't see it with Lowry. And I think it's because, like, the flashiness and the sexiness just isn't there in comparison. Right. Right. But Lowry's this grit and grind kind of player that just like he'll scrape the floor. He'll get dirty. He'll bruise up. He's Philly. Like that is it. He is. Mm -hmm. He's a Philadelphia basketball player. And like that to me is not flashy. That's not highlight worthy that you would put on an ESPN highlight reel. But it doesn't mean he's not great. Right. He's just not as yeah. flashy. And that's that to me is the difference. Um, but to wrap a bow on this, like, I do want to touch on, you know, the, the resiliency of this team, because like we touched on it when it came to Christmas day, you know, like you see a team like this face a 30 point deficit and, you know, shame on me for like, kind of, you know, taking the bait here, but 
I think head coaches or other teams would be like, hey, this is just not our fight. Like, let's just live to it you know, for another day. This team, there's no quit, right? There's no, there's no, n- no sense of die in, in their DNA. And like you saw in the Indiana game, like I said, they went to overtime. Unfortunately, they lost that game. But still, like the, the grind is there. So yeah. what is it? Is this like to you like an aspect of just coming off a championship and like now you're like you're fearless? Or is this just like the perfect storm of a combination of players that are just resilient as hell and just there's no quit in them? Yeah, there's totally merit to the the championship run for sure. But like if you look at the roster and, and what Masai and Bobby West have done putting this team together, you got players top to bottom who've been hungry for a chance to play. And from what you see as fans... There doesn't seem to be any locker room animosity. Again, we don't really know these guys personally. We haven't been in the locker room. But we just don't see players that have a lot of ego. So when was the last time you heard of a Raptor in in the locker room uh, have a scuffle with somebody, right? Outside of maybe Lowry voicing his frustration because he hates to lose. That's that's not being that's not an animosity. That's not an ego right there. That's just heart, right? Again, we're not fans. I mean we're, we're just fans. We don't really know these guys personally, but when you hear stories like Kyrie, Jimmy, Durant, stars who have a lot of ego and for good reasons because they're they're best of the best, but these are personalities that can easily clash with each other. So, and that will also affect their uh, performance. When you have players that I've mentioned like these aren't star players, uh, but they can be role great role players uh, on on all a whole bunch of other teams. And you have like RHJ is going to be out there. He's going to out hustle you. He's going to try to get every board, whatever means necessary. You got Terrence Davis, who is playing not like a rookie. He's playing like a four year vet, and who can arguably start for a, a lot of teams. And you got Chris Boucher, who's been told he's not big, he's not strong enough to be in this league, but will come out at you and basically stuff the shit out of you, i.e. Montrez Hill, hmm. and then also score from three. So these players, they know their role and they're playing on the championship teams. And when you have players who you're playing with, like Lowry, Fred, Siakam, Serge, Mark, and especially Nick Nurse, they're not going to take any shit from nobody, right? They're not going to have any ego. Uh, to, they're not going to say that that's the reason why they're struggling. So and they're also when like you said it before Adam the championship run so there's a lot of merit when it comes to playing with Kawhi and what he kind of left this team so I keep coming back to it and I, I imagine and I and I tell people too like imagine you had a mentor who you worked with on your own dream job and after one year of watching him or her perform at the highest level on and off the court and they leave the job and now the job is asking you to deliver what you learn and when you have a mentor like that for one year, that experience that you gain is is crazy, right? And it goes a long way. So I feel like all of this information, all these guys who are playing are knowing their role and also playing under uh, Kawhi and going through that championship run, all of it kind of combined, given these injuries that we have, I think that's a strong indication of why the Raptors aren't like struggling as much as people thought. Like I know that the that one point where Lowry and Ibaka went down and and we were going on that West Coast road trip, everyone was going crazy. Like Raptors Twitter was going crazy. Oh no, we have to get somebody. Uh, freaking Jamal Crawford was was thrown into <laughs> the conversation. You remember that? Like that was crazy, right? But then now our bench stepped up and now that we have three key players out now we're just like okay we've seen this bench before we've seen this bench perform before and now if you notice on on twitter 
uh, or on like Raptor or Raptor Sphere, there's not much um, panic anymore because we've seen this team, these these bench players, these role players, kind of play their role. And again, you got Lowry, man. When you have Lowry and when you have Fred Van Vliet, you have a chance to win these games. So I give credit mostly to um, the the team that was put together by Masai and Bobby, and also like just when you have players that the veteran players like Lowry and Fred, they're not going to take shit from nobody, man. That's why I feel like this team has been performing as well as it has been. Yeah, right. And you look at you look at the team as as constructed right now, you know, and you look at the the individuals that are injured, like Siakam, like Norman Powell and Gasol. So like we'll just put them aside for a second. You look at the team right now, and you're like, if you look at them individually. Right. And again, let's just forget about the championship. I know that's difficult, but let's just like put that aside for a second. What have they accomplished? Like really in like the grand scheme of thing, what do they accomplish in terms of like flashiness? Really nothing. And again, that's not mm-hmm. to minimize them. That's just to say like that is their fight. That is their fuel right there. They say to themselves, like, we are not considered, like, top dogs. We are not considered those that are worthy of upper echelon, you know, praise or whatever. We're going to prove it, right? And these are individuals that are constantly, like, fighting from behind. Fred Van Vliet not being drafted. Fighting from behind. Fighting at a disadvantage. And he finally makes it and wins a championship. And, like, that to him is, like, super humble. Or you have Terrence Davis, again, not drafted. Fighting from behind. Comes in. Makes a huge impact for this team, you know, and the limited minutes that he's been playing it, but people think he's a, a Raptors darling right now, and I do too. Like, he was a preseason darling for that matter. All right, and you look at Chris Boucher, sort of bounced around here and there, won a championship, and, like, now he's getting his own. You look at Patrick McCaw, like, I know we've been picking on him, but, like, yes, he has two rings with Golden State, but, like I said, he wasn't, like, a huge contributor to that factor. Now he's getting the opportunity. Like, you have these players that, like, are relatively unknown, and they're starting to get their their own in on this team, right? They're starting to get the opportunity. RHA didn't have much of an opportunity with Brooklyn or didn't prove much with Brooklyn, and now he's, like, shining with the Raptors and showing that he has this de- defensive upside and ability to, like, shut players down reliably. Like, that is what I think it is. I think it's more of this, mm-hmm. like... This sense of, hey, like, we battled our entire lives. This is no different right now. Let's win it. And I think, like, to me, there's, like, a natural grit to that. The amount of times that, I guess, like I said before, the last five years, there's many times where Matt Devlin and Leo and uh, Jack, they've always been, like, we're... The Raptors have been the top, one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference, and either if they're number one in the East or, or in the conference, or number one in the the, uh, the division or anything. Now we're now we're reigning champions. For the last five to six years, it's always been like because we're a top tier, people have a target on your back. Yes, right. That there's a lot to that. There's there's no more like oh now you're playing the Toronto Raptors and it's going to be an easy win. I remember those days. Don't get me wrong. I remember those days where people are like oh who cares it's the Raptors right? But now it's like we're playing the Raptors. It's going to be a dogfight. The amount of times that coaches have been like you got to give credit to these Raptors. They play hard. They play really good defense. They're well coached. There's a lot of merit to going into that and uh, i know that a lot of people aren't going to say it but like these raptors are a force to be reckoned with even without Kawhi. Kawhi is going to be the biggest storyline but you still got players like siakam you still got lowry you still got mark who are championship tier players and and now it's it's still crazy how people are 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 uh, I guess surprise, but slowly but surely they're not going to be surprised anymore. And obviously, you can hear it from interviews from the other coaches or interviews from other players. Like these Raptors, they the players in the NBA, they they recognize it. Fans won't, 
because it's the Raptors, of course. But like there, there's a lot of merit when it comes to listening to other interviews and listening to to post games saying like, you know what, these these Raptors, you got to give credit to them. I agree. And there's that's something that I think Raptors fans should be quite proud of. Like I, to me, that is the you just pretty much, you know, worded it out of the we the North attitude. Right, like we're we're always going to be unknown when it comes to the mainstream media, but when it comes to what is put on the floor, what matters is that the team knows and other teams recognize it too, and that's all that matters, and that's mm-hmm. all you can really ask for. So, uh, yeah, I just kind of wanted to highlight that Mavs game. I think that was for me is a very special game for me thus far. I can't remember watching anything that made me like so emotionally inspired in terms of a Raptors game. Obviously, other than the championship. But when it comes to like a regular season game, like I left watching that be like, damn, that was an inspiring performance. For this season, I'd probably say that one and the win in uh, against the Lakers. Mm, Those that, two are yes. the top ones. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. I oddly enough or ironically enough, I wasn't able to watch either of them live. But regardless. <laughs> so, so the yeah. key is, Adam, stop watching games, man. Yes. Just watch them on tape delay. That's it. That's it. I'll just no more live <laughs> tweeting, just retrospective tweeting. That's it. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, uh, with that, we'll take our final break. We'll come back with the two sweet moment of the week. Hang tight. We'll be right back. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. It's time for the two sweet moment of the week here on the South of the Six podcast. All right. All right. I pretty much buried the lead here when it came to what my two sweet moment of the week is going to be. So I'll let you take the floor to start and because uh, I pretty much already gave mine away. Go ahead, Jay. What's yours? I'm, I'm pretty sure both of us are kind of have the same one. It has to be that 30 point deficit. Yeah, uh, it, it yeah. has to be. Yeah, I mean, no Siakam, <laughs> no Mark, no Norm. Yes, the Mavs don't have Doncic, but also played well without him. You know, wins against Bucks and the 76ers. It was a fun game to watch. The crowd was really into it. You can tell Lava is ready to lead the comeback. He tastes the blood. He never turned back. Bonus question, Adam. Sure. Bonus question. What is the biggest comeback in NBA history? Ever? Yeah. Uh, it's got to be like 40 some. I don't know. Uh, can I guess the number? <laughs> Yeah, you can guess number. Is it like 42 points? No, 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 no. That's not that bad. All right. It is. Or you want me to tell you? Yeah, yeah. It's 36. Okay. Not 1997, Utah Jazz came back from a deficit by the Denver Nuggets, 107-103. They were down by 34 at the half, and they were down by 36 in total. And they Oof. came back to win. Carl Malone, Jeff Hornacek. Oh, the 90s were fun, man. Yes. Wow. Okay. So the Raptors are kind of like right there, if you think about it. Like, that's only yeah. six points away. They're right there. That's good. Listen, I don't ever want to be down by 36 at <laughs> halftime. <laughs> but if we're going to come back, yo, give me that every single game. Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be, you know, this has got to be everyone's too sweet moment of the week, I would imagine. Like, this is, I don't want to, like, you know, stroke it too much when it comes to it. But at the same time, this is uh, an inspiring performance. And Kyle Lowry pretty much capped it off, man. Especially the post-game interview when he, as you mentioned, gave props to all the bench guys. And, you know, didn't just take the full credit. He said, like, this is a team effort. We don't give up. We don't quit. It's the two yeah. sweet moments of the I'd week, love for that. sure. Yeah. I love that. I love it. Also, uh, honorable mention, though, uh, that nice sweet behind a back pass from McCall. I'm going to give some love to McCall. <laughs> give it to uh, Norm Powell with that dunk on the transition. Oof, that was pretty. Beautiful. All right. Uh, so with that, we'll wrap this up with some predictions. Normally, we only do a handful, but seeing as though that we're recording this in somewhat the middle of the week, we're going to do five games for you. So we got a mouthful right here. So we got Saturday oh. at Boston, Sunday at 
at uh sorry at home versus OKC. So we got a back to back. Tuesday versus Cleveland, Thursday at Miami, Saturday at Brooklyn. We'll start with Boston. Heading back there. Right. Pretty much the same lineup. I don't anticipate any of those guys that are injured coming back. What say ye? Yeah, I didn't see any um I guess news when it came to Siakam. I don't I think you know no news is good news maybe mm. but i i want to say yeah like you said it's going to be the same lineup uh i think it was peter k that said on your last episode that raps will take one of these two back-to-backs but unfortunately it wasn't at home but i feel like we're going to steal one in boston i'm going to say we're going to win in boston for this Ooh, one that would be bittersweet revenge uh yeah man all right i'm gonna i'm with you i i'll, I'll actually I, I have a, a nice little streak here so i'm gonna i'm gonna you know be on the same page as you and say they're going to take one in Boston. But um, next day versus OKC coming back home, that's yep. got to be a win, right? That has to be a win. I mean, Shea has been playing really well lately, 19 points a game, 35% from three. OKC has been surprising a lot of people, but I just don't think they have the firepower to to face the Raptors in Toronto too. Yeah. So I'm predicting a win. All right, Tuesday versus Cleveland again, no-brainer. I think this is a win. Yeah, this is a win. I mean, I'm intrigued how what Dante Exum brings uh, to the Cavs, but I mean... You know, the Cavs are a dumpster fire, so I'm going to go with the yeah. win. <laughs> so there's three in a row. Unfortunately, Thursday, I have a loss at Miami. Same. Yeah. I have a loss in Miami, too. Something about Jimmy Butler. I don't know if it's Ghost of Chicago Jimmy Butler or, you know, Philadelphia Jimmy Butler, Like, but the, he always kills us. And also, I, I've thrown a lot of love to Bam, um, and I think it's the same here. I, they, they have something good, some good chemistry going out there. I think they're missing a piece still in maybe like a like a Chris Paul if they can throw in a, a trade uh, here and there. But Miami is a really, really good team. Um, I don't think they're up in the Boston and Milwaukee, but they're in the same tier as we are, and I'm predicting a loss because it's in Miami. Yeah, and they played the Raptors strong last time, so uh, expect a duplicate performance there. But Saturday, on a brighter note, at Brooklyn, I'm taking this as a dub. I'm also taking this as a loss uh, because no Kyrie, which means it's a better it's a better news for Brooklyn still. <laughs> there's any no Kyrie, I'm going to say it's a win for Brooklyn. Let's put it that way. Really? All right, so you got that as a, as a loss. All right. I so. got that as a loss, yeah. All right, it's so also you, in Brooklyn, too. Yeah, I, I still got it as a win. So I, you got uh, win, 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 loss, loss. Yes, I got win, win, loss, loss. Okay, all right, that's fine. Uh, well, there you go. I think that this week coming up, like, I think the Saturday game against Boston, I think that's going to be pretty stressful for fans, seeing as though what happened at on Christmas. I think people will have ghosts of that. But I still yeah. think it's going to be a, a, a better game than what we were given on Christmas Day. I think it will be closer uh, this team, both teams rather, will be well rested. So actually, no, I think Man. Boston's playing tomorrow night against Chicago. I could be wrong. I'm not sure, but it's it's funny. I've been throwing it out there on a Raptors verse. Uh, what's more stressful, Raptors games or close Raptors games or like anything Christmas related, i.e., hosting uh, Christmas or Boxing Day shopping or just <laughs> shop uh, or just like parking at the malls in general? Majority is Raptors games. That's, That's kind of surprising. That's true, and. Uh, because you know what we talked about it they start off strong then they get sloppy and then we have like a, yeah. a fourth quarter to look forward to either they're coming back or not so yeah, yeah it's kind of like christmas too you start you start yeah, off true. strong and it gets a little sloppy and then it get you know it's it's a good night all in all you just sleep um <laughs> touching on what i said <laughs> eggnog. yeah exactly they're playing cleveland tomorrow uh, before facing the raptors on saturday so it's not much right. of a challenge but still a back to back is a back to back so yeah 
All right. Well, that's going to do it for the show. Jason, thank you so much for hopping on. I know like Boxing Day festivities and whatnot, the holiday season is a busy time, but I appreciate you taking out the time to hang out and talk Raptors. You know the deal, dude, promote any and everything you got going on. Floor is yours, my friend. Yes, sir. I mean, after the stakes, you, we've been fans with you for for since the beginning, and you always been nice to us. Uh, so all love to you guys, man. You you guys are the best. Uh, but you can find us, myself, my co-host Jay Dre. We're on Twitter. We're we tried our best to be on uh, interacting with you guys for every Raptors game. So you can find us at That's a Rap Pod uh, on Twitter, and you can also email us at That's a Rap Podcast at gmail.com. And also, if you're looking for us on all the podcatchers, Podbean, iTunes, or Whatever you had, Stitcher, whatever you had, uh, don't look at that's a wrap. Look up Raptors HQ because that's our own base, man. Got it. Got it. All the links to the Twitters, to the podcast itself, so you guys can have a, like a nice little quick link to it will be in the description of the show. Highly recommend subscribing to the show. It is literally on my my watch every time. And literally, like I, this past episode, uh, Jason, you said like Adam's probably lifting weights to this. I was. No, I was. I was. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, no, it, 4.30 in the morning too, right? That's yeah, right, for that's sure. right. You got to wake up at the crack as of dawn and just, it's clang and bang, man. But <laughs> we should put, we should put a time limit. It will only be up from 4.30 a.m. <laughs> until 8 a.m. If you get, if you're not up and pumping weights, you can't listen to us. Can't listen to it. That's it. Those, those are the rules. I don't make them. So, but yeah, uh, there you go. highly recommend everybody subscribe to that. Leave a good, them a good review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts rather and you know, they'll, they'll, they'll interact with you guys will interact with fans on Twitter as you always do. But, um, having said that, Jason, thanks for hopping on. We'll do this again soon, man. Take it easy. Thank you, sir. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to the South of the Six podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at South of the Six and subscribe to our show. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify. Yeah, we're everywhere. While you're at it, if you liked what you heard, do us a solid and leave us five stars and a quick review. We appreciate it. Thanks again. Go Jays and Raptors.